0: Hey Jay, hey Tyler,
1: I have a question that I've been just—I can't wait to ask you.
0: I hope it does not get me in as much internet trouble as did (laughs) is a hot dog sandwich. Well, uh, if you're—I just want to hang on before we get to the question. I need to address (laughs) this spot on. We—I don't know how long we've been doing this podcast. Oh man, (laughs) how many episodes there have been. I have said some downright offensive things yeah. to certain segments. Heretical of Heretical things, yeah. even one Heretical, might say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, political. I have talked deeply about theology that other people might disagree with. Yeah. Nothing has set the Twitterverse aflame quite like my claim that a hot dog is the American taco.
1: I was that the problem? I thought the problem to me, when you when you went beyond the pale, was when you claimed that a, a subway sandwich yeah. was not a sandwich yeah that is what a sociopath would say <laughs> so this question is it has get, nothing get me in more trouble let's see what <laughs> no, kind of angry this tweets one i think will just yield uh, heresy and okay. people are clearly fine with that yeah uh okay <laughs> so what is your favorite bible character mm. non-trinity oh man so not jesus god or holy spirit
0: Ah man, there's so many. So let's go. Are you talking favorite or most identifiable?
1: We'll go two different categories. We'll go Old Testament and New Testament. Okay. And you can either you can parse it out however you however you want. And if you can't decide between favorite and most relatable, you can give them both and qualify accordingly.
0: So on the New Testament side, I'm between two, Uh, and I think the relatable and favorite. Ananias and Sapphira,
1: you can go with both of them.
0: (laughs) They died. Uh, actually, they're all dead now,
1: um, except for one of them.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Uh, he, he died too, though. And I mean, he, to he did die. Technically, yeah. he died. He's just not still dead. Old Testament. There's a couple people who never died. That's true. Yeah, there's a handful. Uh, of them. Yeah, Enoch, Elijah. Right? Elijah didn't he just die.
0: Went straight up. Yep. Sure up. Elijah's my dude for the Old Testament. Let's start there. Okay. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Elisha. Hey, Baldy, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, that's because story. he hates children Absolutely. and he uses God to murder children. Absolutely. <laughs> I love the prophetic creativity of kids are messing with me. I'm going to curse them. How are you going to curse them, Elisha? With two, and I quote she from bears. the NRSV, yeah, yeah. she bears. The The specificity of that encounter is just
1: glorious yeah. to me. Well, and I, what I do love about that is that female bears are ferocious. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the male bears are a little bigger, but uh, male bears are scared, are scared of female bears. Yeah. Because they have a ferocity that uh of defending their their babies the cubs yeah yeah uh that's a that's a pretty good one that's in uh second, second Kings. second
0: kings second kings two something
1: nice yeah. second kings two something and unless you give me a verse i don't believe that it's in the bible okay yeah uh, so, you know it's in there yeah in this story she bears yeah uh, so elisha the prophet elisha sh uh
0: is like seconds off of watching elijah go away
1: yeah and uh, then a bunch of kids are like, hey, baldy. And just like, just start making fun of him for not having hair. And much like many men <laughs> throughout history <laughs> who have an overwhelming obsession with people not noticing that they are balding, he gets take, furious at takes them. Takes
0: obsession. And he exception. calls
1: down God's fury upon them and says, hey, God, kill those kids for me. And God says, sure. And then uh, he's able to summon she-bears. She-bears. Uh, out of the uh, of the woods, of the wilderness, to come and maul these little kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and story. I, I threaten my youth group
0: with this story quite a bit. If you're going to mess with my beard <laughs> or or any potential male pattern baldness that might be appearing. You'll call down fury. I have the power to call down the she-bears. Uh, the word of the Lord. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Yes, indeed. <laughs> New Testament, I think, person I most relate to is Peter. mm in the ready, fire, aim category. Yes. Uh, I was just with a Bible study the other night and noted that Peter just, he's just talking. Yeah. Like stuff's coming out of his mouth and he can't stop himself. Oh, and man. I'm like, yeah, I, I, know that. I wish I could relate. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, I, th- I, there have been times in conversations that it almost looks visible. That yeah. like I could see the words escaping in my mouth and uh, my hands come up and like, yeah, try Please, to push put, him back put, in. Come <laughs> back in here. <laughs> Get back in here. Please stop talking. The guy I most admire, John the Baptist. Oh yeah, he's a good one. Because he's, a, he's, he's just, weirdo though. He's a weirdo, and I love it. He and he's so secure
1: in his weirdo ness. Yeah, I do like that. John the Baptist is later not a hundred percent clear that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah, he has to like, ask. That's a really neat thing. That when he's in jail, he's like he tells his disciples, John's disciples, go check that out. Go see if Jesus is really the one. Because yeah. he, like, I was sure of it when I baptized him, but then he didn't act like. Even John the Baptist thought Jesus was going to be different. Yeah. And so when Jesus isn't this uh, warrior king that everybody was expecting, yeah, John is like not like nope, but he is like, are you? Are you yeah. There? And you? Your your favorite so non-trinitarian. So my favorite Old Testament that I relate to the most is Jonah. Oh yeah. Um, to, so much so that uh, we almost named one of our kids Jonah, but it became a very popular name, so we didn't. Uh, I love Jonah because he's an idiot. And he is constantly trying to get out of what God wants him to do. Yeah. And even the end of Jonah, the chapter four of Jonah, we always, we always end it with chapter three, where Jonah says, sure, I'll go do what you want after being spit out by the, by the whale. Um, which I'm, I'm leaning into it being a whale because people are like, the Bible says fish. But yeah. I'm sure that people thought whales were fish right. until like the last 200 years. We didn't, we didn't years. make that distinction. Yeah. Until, Biblical yeah. people would have saw, in a, saw a whale and said, look at that fish. No one would have said, no, it's a mammal because it uh, it actually has hair and it breathes air and uh, it has gives milk to its young. Like that wouldn't, that understanding I don't think was that nuanced when the book of Jonah was written. Um, Anyway, and I also think it's probably, the whole thing's probably an allegory. Um, yeah. So, the, but Jonah at the very Throwback end of back to biblical hermeneutics exactly. episode exactly. number yeah. blah, blah, blah. If we're going to fight over whether it's a fish or a whale, I think we've missed the point. Yeah. Uh, but the whole point of that one that I really love is that at the end, Jonah does go through with it, he expects the whole city of Nineveh to not repent, and so they're going to get destroyed. And then they do repent, and God forgives them. Yep. And Jonah gets mad, and Jonah gets mad by saying, I knew you were going to forgive them anyway because you're so great. He gets mad at God for being good. Yep. And not saying, like, how dare you let these bad things happen? He's just saying, like, you didn't need me for this. You've wasted my time, and I, I am so angry about it. And God's like, are you angry enough to die? And he's like, yes, of course I'm angry enough to die. And God just is like, all right knock it off like he's yeah he's throwing a fit and god is being the the calm parent who's like you feel better now and jonah's like no and then uh and
0: then roll credits
1: yeah that's like that's it eddie well the the one last thing that god says is i love you and care about you i also love and care about the people of nineveh and there's 120,000 of them yeah and uh they matter to me just as much as you do yeah
0: and that's the end
1: (laughs) and it ends with jonah mad at god and god being patient with jonah and I can relate to that far more than I wish I could. Yeah, right. So he's probably my favorite Old Testament. I also really um, I love the Esther story, um, especially because Esther, uh, it, like, is not really skilled. She's just pretty. Right. Um, and she just uses the opportunity well I was gonna say, and she's brave she's very brave
0: it's the definition of one thing led to another yeah, yeah.
1: and it, I mean she's a literal beauty queen she is the the one like she becomes a queen because she's beautiful yep. um, but then in the right place at the right time and then uses um, her opportunity to do something really good And and far more often I found in life that it's less about we have worked our way up and done something and we had a plan that was working towards something more often than not it's we are put in an opportunity that we couldn't have manufactured if we tried. And because of that opportunity, we then have the opportunity. We have the chance to do something that probably is different than what we thought we were going to be able to do. Yeah. And that's when, um, things like people come into your life that you wouldn't have chosen and you have the chance to be something for them that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But oftentimes we're like, well, this wasn't what I was planning. I was really saving this for something else. So I'm going to ignore this. Yeah. And I like in that story that her uncle's like, if you don't do this, it's going to happen. God's going to use somebody else. So it's not really about you, but you might as well. Cause yeah. probably God put you in this place just for this. Yep. But, but then i just love that doubling down of like, just before you feel super important, God can use anybody. So if you don't do this, Someone God's still, gone. God's still gonna do what God needs to do. Yeah. So Boy, don't, don't think ain't. you're super important <laughs> about this. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, New Testament, I also super love uh, Peter. Uh, Peter the idiot, I often call him. Uh, or I think that I refer to Peter as God's golden retriever because oh, he is just yeah. mindlessly in love with following Jesus until Jesus uh, is going to get him in trouble. And then he is really scared about it. And you can almost at certain points in the biblical narrative hear Peter say, Ruh-roh. Yeah. yeah. Or, and and just I just imagine him always going, huh? Like yeah. the <laughs> turning with the confused dog face. Yeah. Uh, one, one floppy ear. I love <laughs> Peter because he sets the bar so incredibly low for what is required of us. It's like his zealous earnestness is refreshing, and he is always wrong. Yeah, uh, 100%. even when he's right, he doesn't know what he's saying. It's like a dog saying "I love you." Yeah, like it. Because when well, he has flashes of brilliance, but then like two seconds later. But even when when he when God Jesus is saying, "Who do people think I am?" He's like the Messiah, uh, and he's like, "You got it," and he's like. Two breaths later. Yeah. I will kill anyone who tries to stop you. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't oh, got it. Ah, <laughs> oh, Pete. You clearly don't know what the Messiah is. And that's when Jesus says, don't tell anyone I'm the Messiah because they won't understand it, as you also clearly don't. Right. So just <laughs> keep it up. The evidence is all yeah. around. And yeah. even Peter, even into Acts, it's not like once the resurrection is like he gets it. He's still an idiot in Acts, and I love that. Um, I also relate to Paul a lot because uh, Paul is also an idiot but a brilliant one. Yeah, and Paul has a tendency to talk about himself too much. Yep. Uh, I wish I couldn't relate to that. The things that I don't do that I want to
0: do, but I don't do them, I do them well and I yeah. don't do, and yeah. I don't, don't do this. and this Also I do
1: my favorite Paul story. There's a lot of good Paul stories. Um, and I think that there's a lot, there's a lot of people who don't like Paul, I think for, for good reason. Yep. Um, but I think one of the things you need to recognize about Paul is that more I think what people don't like is the way in which Paul's words have been used to do terrible things. Whereas in context, they were not justifying those things. Paul was not justifying slavery. He was 100% not justifying saying that women can't be preachers. Right. Uh, And you have to absolutely actively take a, a uh, very skewed and incorrect version of what Paul is saying to come to that conclusion.
0: I want to come back at some point to the kerfluffle over women preachers.
1: Yes, yeah, it needs to be a whole episode. And my,
0: my Toby-esque anger and rage yeah. that anyone would ever think that
1: women should not be preachers. That's Toby from the West Wing for yes. the 5% of you who understood that yeah. and the 95% that didn't understand. That's okay. Um, my 5% know who I am. Yeah. And, and it's and to be very clear, not only is the Bible not saying that, Paul is also not saying no, that. Paul is not, not talking about women that. not being preachers and anyone who would say that I am going to definitively say this is an objective statement. They do not understand the Bible. Yeah. Uh, not that their interpretation is bad. They are just completely wrong about what the Bible says. And they, behold, they you will get less pushback to that. Yep. Then, than I did to... And <laughs> I, I agree. I am on board with that. I think that that is the correct about... People should be mad when you say that a Subway meatball sub is not a sandwich. Uh, um, the, so the one thing, my favorite Paul story, just uh, briefly is uh, there's this time when he's preaching in a room full of people and he goes on so long that a guy who's sitting in a windowsill (laughs) falls asleep, falls out of the window and dies. Yep. And so he literally bores someone to death. Yeah. 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 So he bores someone to death. Paul then runs outside, brings the guy back to life. I imagine very sheepishly and nervously, realizing like, <laughs> oh no. And it just shouts up to everybody's like, It's okay, he's all right. Uh anyway, wrapping up. And it's, then uh, yeah,
0: it goes back and <laughs> teachers more. Let me
1: finish. Uh so Paul's inability to censor himself and to have brevity is something that again I I sadly relate to a lot.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Um, Absolutely. I,
1: I also love um uh Mary and Martha they're Mm -hmm. they're probably uh two of my favorite characters in the new testament one because they uh i think we falsely set them up as a binary of like are you a mary or are you a martha right and this is specifically to be clear i'm talking about because there are many marys i'm talking about mary and martha the sisters of lazarus right and uh the are you a mary or a martha is not one is good one is bad they are two different ways of doing really good things. Yes, and they both definitively believe that Jesus is the Christ before other people do.
0: Well, that's why, and just to put a little bow on this particular topic, why you can have favorite characters of the Bible, unlike the way you have favorite characters of, say, I don't know, Star Wars. Yeah, it's because the Bible is just straight up human people. They are real people. That 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 you can find whatever range of emotion you are in in the midst
1: of. Yeah, uh, you can find that in Scripture if you look. Closely enough. Even in stories like Jonah or Adam and Eve that are probably parables and not real stories. Oh, man, I The people, Adam and Eve are incredibly human. The way they act is exactly how we would act. The way Jonah acts is 100% how I act way too much. I think the people
0: in parables are almost the most human of them all because, like, you know, the the prodigal son, like, who who hasn't been jealous of the little brother?
1: Yeah, and how the prodigal comes back not really apologizing. Right. He just practices a speech to tell to his father to get out of trouble. Yep. Yep. And it works. Yeah. But he doesn't even, it worked just by showing up. He didn't even get through the whole speech. Because if you look, he says, I'm practicing. Like he goes through what he's going to say. He practices it. And then he shows up and starts to say it. And his dad cuts him off. He's like, shut I up. Don't, I don't need to do this. Yeah, let's yeah. move on. Uh, anyway, so I'm Tyler. And I'm Jay. And this is Rubbing the, the Pastor. I realized I have a definitive answer for when it's uh, uh, appropriate to start listening to Christmas music. Yeah. It is the day after the war on Christmas starts. Can I say something? (laughs) Yes. Because it starts at a different time every year. It starts a little earlier every year. So you have to figure out, has the war on Christmas started yet? Oh, it has? Okay, good. I can now listen to Christmas music.
0: I cannot believe there has not been, not that there's reasons for this to be, just it seems like a annual tradition there's been no outrage about the
1: Starbucks cups this year. Oh, that's because of the impeachment hearing. People are so
0: <laughs> the rage is focused yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. yeah when yeah. that ends, everybody's going to hold their Starbucks cup and go, "Oh shoot, I am mad about that too."
1: Huh? Well, when do you when do you start listening to Christmas music?
0: Well, that's that's a great question. You have the,
1: hard hard thoughts on this.
0: I do, and and the difficulty is, and you'll you'll hear this later on, is that I have to start listening to Christmas music earlier than I would personally want to. Yeah. I have to start listening to get the worship team ready. Um, yes. For Advent yes. and for, for things like that So like the professional that's, side that's of me
1: different than like listening to Wonderful Christmas Time on the radio Right, like I'm not
0: yeah. listening for pleasure That starts Thanksgiving morning Yeah, okay um,
1: Thanksgiving morning Yeah, we decorate oh. our house
0: Thanksgiving morning And then oh go my to my mind. parents' house
1: For someone with such hard hard views on this You are actually a little earlier than I usually well, go So what we
0: do is we, we set up the tree lights Everything Thanksgiving morning yeah. And then we, right around lunchtime or whatever Run over to my parents' house and we're there all day. Uh, I gotcha. So, so the thanks, first time you come back. Thanksgiving does not
1: happen at your house. Right. Okay.
0: That makes so more the sense. The first time you come back. Then it's Christmas. Then it's Christmas and okay. you're just, you're ready to
1: go. So and you're into it. To me, the day, you either, I'm always toggling behind starting December 1st uh-huh. or the day after Thanksgiving Those for Christmas fair. music. Yeah. because And I I can't ever figure out, it. Dip, you don't know going into it what the year's gonna be like. Sometimes I, I hate it when I get to like December 20th and I'm sick of Christmas music. Right. Because that's that's or no good. When I get to December thirtieth, which I think is probably the last you can listen to it, even though Christmas Tide goes past it. Yeah. When I get to December thirtieth, thirty first, and I still want Christmas music because I didn't do enough of it. Yep. Um. So trying to find that happy medium between those two things. Once clearly after the war and Christmas has started. Right. Uh. But once the, the first <laughs> artillery yeah. gets
0: through. Yeah.
1: Jeez. Uh. The uh. To clarify. Hopefully you have listened to us enough to know this. The we war, are, th- there is no war on Christmas. People are crazy <laughs> to think anything like that. Yeah, we are the most protected ever in history to be a, a Christian in America. No one's persecuting you. Get away from it. And and if your uh, whole thing, let me. Oh
0: gosh, we're just gonna get cranky, old Ben. Uh, but if you're, I'm an introverted person. I. Don't want you to say Merry Christmas to me. I
1: don't want you to say anything to me. I don't care if you say Merry Christmas to me. uh, Just let it go, people. Yeah, I mean that's. It's nice if you do. If you say Happy Holidays, holy cow, is that nice? Yeah. Grow up, Christians.
0: (laughs) Jeez. So anyway, Merry Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Merry Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, you had a really great idea for this Thanksgiving episode. Oh
1: yes. Uh, What maybe our first annual? Yeah, we, oh, as man. Presbyterians, we like oh, to do this. So man. we're going to create a time capsule.
0: There is no such thing as first annual, but go yeah. on. Yeah. So uh,
1: what what could be the first of many? We're going to do our annual Thanksgiving time capsule uh, and put in ten things we are thankful for in the culture. Yes, And
0: I think I think it's important to be clear at the beginning that uh, th- these are in no particular order for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this not, a, not top a top ten list. 10.
1: These are just ten things.
0: These are ten things that we are, are, are thankful for in the culture. And some of mine are a little dated. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they're
1: not necessarily from this year. Right. They're just things that we like. Mine are not from this year. Okay. You go with number ten.
0: Uh, number ten for me that I am most thankful Again, for. Not right in not in order. The
1: first of your ten.
0: Uh, and I, I got very specific uh, for this one. I am very grateful for the skip intro button that has appeared.
1: Oh, I like this. On Netflix like this. and
0: other uh, internet streaming services. Yes. Because, and this will come up again later in this episode as well, and, and other episodes, I believe. My affinity for The West Wing is such the television show uh, written by Aaron Sorkin and starring a lot of people.
1: I've not heard of this show before. I love you this have show. Tell me about it.
0: Uh, yeah you you've just started in i have I'm, um, I'm,
1: I'm like five episodes into season one it's yeah it's very good
0: it's really good but i have seen the intro to the west wing it's long too a thousand gazillion times like just over and over and it's a great score by my 895th listen i am just grateful that someone finally came up with a button that digitally moves you ahead to when the action begins so you can watch a recap As soon as the music starts, the introduction skip button is present. You skip, and off you go, and just live into the story. I am grateful for that button. Very, very grateful.
1: How does that apply to life?
0: I think it would uh, best be summarized as getting rid of clutter and unnecessary
1: space. Um, I I think, especially in terms of familiarity, because I do like that it doesn't automatically skip it for you. The, right. The, I no, mean, you have it a is, choice. And it is good to know. I would encourage everyone, always listen to the, to the opening. At, at least once. Until you're familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, but as with any relationship, once we get into the best things about relationships is that you don't have to go through the formalities of greeting one another. The best friendships that you have, you can go... Uh, years without seeing each other and just pick it back up. Yep, It's really great to have a relationship where you can just pick back up. That's one of the things. We haven't talked about the missionary conference for a very long time, but my favorite thing <laughs> about the mission conference was that uh, for the friendships that I've made there, when you show up and see it's people, right rarely do you it. have to run up and hug them. I mean, some of them you do, but sometimes you can just sit down and just immediately start talking like you saw each other last. Yep. You know, last week. Pick up where you left off. And those are the most delightful friendships so the skip intro button is like like yeah. that in a friendship yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so and that, good that's where we what God wants for us together yeah. okay so uh, my for again in no particular order we are now in the in the in the era of Disney plus yeah the beautiful Disney plus I may have more than one Disney plus thing on here but uh, I'm gonna recommend something that is on Disney plus that is one of my favorite movies okay of all time. Uh, and it's it's a favorite movie that I've had since I was young. So like my connection to this movie uh, is wrapped up in nostalgia and uh, life experience that may mean that I am biased about this movie in a way that it, it probably it's probably not going to be as great to everybody else. I'm so excited to hear what it is. Uh, it is I believe it's from 1968. Okay, so it's a Disney movie. Called Blackbeard's Ghost. When Godolphin College hired their new track coach, they had no idea his assistant would be a ghost. Blackbeard's ghost. A Blackbeard Ghost. We meet the again. But then again, neither did the coach. I want nothing to do with you. No! And when this ragtag twosome team up together, oh, no. they redefine the term school spirit.
0: What are you trying to do? Kill yourself? Do you like to
1: think about that? It Suzanne Pleshette, Dean Jones, and Peter Ustinov star in the wacky comedy Blackbeard's Ghost. Interesting. you yeah, never heard of this? It, I know. You shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's hilarious. So I would highly recommend everyone who has Disney Plus go to see Blackbeard's Ghost. It stars Peter Ustinov who is the voice uh, uh, you would probably probably best known to most folks uh, who have seen the Disney movie Robin Hood, mm-hmm. the animated mm-hmm. movie. He is Prince John. Gotcha. Like He's the yep. voice, the bad guy in that, uh, who has a very hilarious voice, like, Arr! like it's very kind of interesting voice. He is that as Blackbeard. <laughs> so he stars as Blackbeard. And it's this great, it's this high concept story where this guy who is a, a new coach at Godolphin College new track coach moves into this place um, finds out that there's this secret book of spells that one of black blackbeard had all these wives that he killed and one of them was a witch and she put this curse on blackbeard and so he coach walker in classic disney fashion accidentally recites the words to bring him back and now he's cursed (laughs) that blackbeard is stuck with him until he can do something good enough to redeem blackbeard's soul and get him like out of limbo, basically. So the premise is very Disney from the 60s, kind of parent trap like situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the casting is fantastic. Like the jokes are actually really, like the acting's really funny. Um, the There's so many, like if you watch these old Disney movies from the 60s, all of the background act, like all of the bit players have these great weird faces. Like they just are <laughs> really interesting character actors. Like the, and so it's really funny. Uh, it's It goes, it's it's a story you have not heard before. Um, and it's just an enjoyable time at the movies. And it's mm-hmm. very enjoyable for kids. It's very enjoyable for even if you don't have kids, because there's just like, there's some really good performances in it. There's some really funny things. Nice. You have to get past the fact that it's a movie from 1968. Yeah, right. But, uh, and but a Disney movie from 1968. Like it's, it's the, corny. There's enjoy,
0: it's, enjoyability to that. There's yeah.
1: very, and it's a story of redemption. It's a story of like, how can this evil person uh, do something good to get him out of limbo, basically? Yeah. Uh, and it does it in kind of funny I ways. I love Disney+. Plus. That
0: might come up again yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two for me.
1: Yeah. is Or a, nine. Uh, depending, depending, on, which depending on how you're going. We're going. Yeah, whichever direction yeah.
0: you're going. Uh, my wife and I gave up cable a while back. Yeah. And I learned, I had always thought that YouTube was just you know, the, the, the Google for video. Yes. Uh, so if I need to learn how to install my garage door opener, which may be a practical reality soon... Uh, you go to YouTube. What I did not know is that people uh, that call themselves creators, which I I, would, I have some issues with that, uh, but people develop their own channels uh-huh. and come up with regular release dates, almost like podcasts, um, and they have turned into my like TV shows. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big category, YouTube. I am thankful for YouTube. Yeah. But I'm going to name three. I'm going to drop three channels okay. that okay. I watch on the regular. I love uh, it. Some of them are, are pretty well-known. Some of them not so much. Uh, number one, Mr. Casey Neistat. If you've ever watched Casey Neistat, he is, uh, well, he was a filmmaker in New York. His channel got interesting this year because he was working so hard that he decided ultimately he couldn't work like this anymore Yeah, and took a just a huge chunk of time off and moved his whole family to L.A. specifically to get out of the city that sparked so much I have to work. Yeah. Um, and he's just now come back to making videos
1: again, but it's such a different... What is his content? Uh, I know Casey Neistat, Neistat, but I don't know Casey Neistat.
0: He's so. all over the place. It, it's uh, He does some funny videos. He pokes fun at the New York police a lot. Um, yeah. There's a great... If you want to start with Casey Neistat, there's a video called Bike Lanes. Search Bike Lanes on YouTube, and okay. it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, but then he talks about filmmaking, storytelling... Um, he interviews some pretty big people. He had a big interview with Logan Paul, another YouTuber uh, who's Logan just Paul's a hot the mess. worst person. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but that interview was kind of yeah. neat. Does he like kind of call him on his stuff? A hundred percent. Yeah. Logan Paul's a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so Casey's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Peter McKinnon is another one who's getting more popular. I was on his train before he was like super big, but he's just a filmmaker and photographer. Um, nice. And he makes videos about filmmaking and photography. Yep. He made one this year, and this quote is going to become a sermon. It's not yet. Um, but he was out at Banff in Alberta, Canada, filming, nice. which is just unbelievably gorgeous. Uh, and the line was, and I, I still am mulling over this one a lot.
1: The, the internet, internet is fueled by narcissism, but the mountains won't remember who I am.
0: Come on! I
1: love it. I love it. That's
0: so good. That is so good. Uh, and then, if you're in the mountain biking community, Seth's Bike Hacks uh, is an incredible channel, where this guy just—he's he, like just average Joe dude. He's not a super professional mountain biker or anything like that, um, but he bought this colossal house on a big piece of property. And has just been spending the last bunch of months building a mountain bike park in his backyard. Nice. Uh, And walking you through, like, here's how you clear the trail. Here's how you build this feature. Here's the telemetry and the angles and stuff for this. Super fascinating. I'm not going to do anything with it, but it's so much fun. So, at number nine
1: or two, depending on how we're counting, YouTube. I'm going to compliment that by... Mm, So, one of my ten is a YouTube show okay. or a YouTube okay. channel. So um, I would say, I mean, in some ways, they're kind of like podcasts. In other ways, they're they're kind of like shows. Right. And so there is one that uh, we, my family started watching uh, four or five years ago. We also don't have cable, which used to sound really pretentious to say that, but yeah. like- and all the other... I mean, we had Hulu and Netflix and everything. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like we don't have... We watch more TV now than we ever did. Right. It's just that's... The, oh, totally true. Yeah. It's just we we watch what we want to watch instead of just what's on, uh, which is great, except you don't discover things in the same way that you used to. But right. that's just... The world doesn't work that way anymore. Um, so, one of the things that we discovered... And I can't really... Remember, we I started watching this guy called Adam the Woo. And I highly recommend Adam the Woo. Okay. Who is like a daily blogger. Um, and he's like an adventurer. And I found him because he... The first video I found by his, he snuck into Disney World, uh, in, into part of the, uh, this, there, there's a place at Disney World called River Country that was a, a water park at Disney World. It was the uh-huh, first water park uh-huh. at Disney World. opened on uh, the first year that Disney World was open, so in like 1971, 72. Um, I think it opened in 71, but it, it was 71 or 72. And it was um, part of the lake there. And so because of, and it was like, like an old, like water hole. So like very like centered, it had a theme like um, Splash Mountain kind of thing. Yeah. Like kind of backwoods, kind of stuff like that. And they closed it down for a couple of reasons. The main, they opened two other ones, Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. And they closed down River Country because they didn't need three. And the other two were enclosed uh, meaning like this river country actually was connected to a natural lake. So it was like right. hard to maintain. There were also, there were rumors that there were like uh, amoebas and stuff in the lake that yeah. could kill you. And so they like they closed gators it. and stuff too, so, right? but yeah. they closed it, but they didn't tear it down. They just left it there. Ooh, fun. And so this guy, Adam, the woo snuck into it. And this was, it had been closed. It got closed in like 1995, I think. And this was 2005 and the music was still playing. In the speakers. Amazingly out here. Still have the music playing. There's no one out here. Wow. So they closed it down, but without, like, they just That's kind of abandoned creepy. it. And it's on property, so you can walk to it. Like, because it was built to be close enough that you can walk to it, but it's just there's right. a bunch of signs and gates and things that you have to. Now, to his credit, nothing was locked. He didn't have to open anything. But I mean, he opened a gate, but it wasn't locked. Right. And went in there and then just walked around in it. And it's like all overgrown. It felt like an apocalypse because it's a Disney park Yeah. that's all overgrown. And there's still like banjo music playing oh over the speakers. Gosh. All the lights are still on. It's it, so creepy. It was super weird and creepy. So I highly recommend. It. I mean, look up that. So Adam the Woo was great. Uh, and through him, I found a guy named Justin Scard, who he matches up with sometimes. Another guy who does Disney stuff didn't do abandoned behind the scenes. Adam the Wind eventually got in trouble and was banned from Disney for a while for going. I mean, places where he should where he shouldn't be. be. Yeah, and he uh, said, "I'm sorry," and and like he's a good guy. So these are two good guys. The ir- irony is that both of them are like ex punks, <laughs> like they were in punk bands and they have tattoos all over themselves. stuff. And they're yeah. but they're like legitimately good guys. There's a yeah. lot of Disney bloggers that are not that are like not family friendly and like kind of. I mean, but these guys are really, really good. And Justin Scard is just great and just does these adventure videos where he, a lot of them are Disney related, but a lot of them, uh, he went on route 66 and mm. like traveled the whole route 66 and like blogged the whole way. And that's awesome. This is really cool videos. It's a good thing. I brought my flux capacitor because today we're going back in time. Are we back? We're back. He, in Paris. um, started doing it after he got divorced um and was going through really bad stuff and started this thing called the quest for positivity and it's just trying to see the best there's always good out there yeah yeah, but you need to search for it and you could get mired in how bad things are and he was really in a downward spiral but then it wanted to realize like he just loved going on adventure and youtube saved his life yeah he had his band had broken up his his marriage fell apart uh he had a kid but couldn't see the kid because he didn't have a job and had to move back home and so then just started doing these at first he started making videos uh, about the filming locations for Back to the Future uh, because he loved Back to the Future and then he started making Disney videos and he did it because his friend Adam did it and then he they're just really good. So Justin Scard S C A well I was going to say as
0: the person has nothing to do with this the links for some of this stuff will be in the oh, description. Oh yeah, we'll we'll try to
1: link everything. So Justin Scard and his quest for positivity is about finding good in in life and finding that each day is worth living uh, it was a real i mean it's a really affirming thing and created this community of people called the sometimes mob like it's really uh, really really positive stuff and and he's really forthright about like he struggles with stuff mm-hmm. and kind of says like hey i'm struggling but you guys are there and it's just like and the amount of editing and stuff that, like he doesn't just press record Yeah, like these are really well done and like each video is probably like 30 45 minutes and easily I mean, it takes him hours to edit, and he comes out with a new one almost every day. I mean, there's probably yeah. at least five videos a week. That's incredible. Uh, and it's great, great stuff. Like, yeah. I highly recommend Justin Scard. So I am thankful for Justin's Scard. He goes in the time capsule.
0: In the time capsule. Keeping the YouTube theme alive for number three or number eight, depending, yeah. uh, I watched a YouTube video recently that reminded me of the creative genius that is my next entry into the time capsule. I am thankful for Ben Gibbard. Yes. Benjamin Gibbard. Benjamin Gibbard, uh, the,
1: the lead singer of? Several things. Uh, Death Cab for, Death Cut Cut Cutie, for Cutie primarily. That,
0: yeah. uh, I would specifically highlight the Postal Service oh, today. Yes. Just um, one
1: album, the Postal just Service. Just one
0: album. So and, good. One and done. Um, and he also has one solo, I think just one, uh, solo album, which is also very yeah. good. Yeah. Um,
1: I think he has like some solo tapes, like kind of that yeah, kind of thing like demo as well. Stuff. Uh, do you know about the origin behind why the Postal Service is called the Postal Service? I don't. Uh, so just real briefly, because this is your entry, so I'll let you, yeah, you yeah, talk, but no, this no. is just interesting. The Postal Service, highly, it's a great so album. Good. It's just Ben Gibbard and another guy. So uh, Death Cab for Cuties is this great indie rock band from Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, very much indie rock from the early 2000s, but still comes out with great records. We talked about them before. Yeah. Um, but they uh, Transatlanticism, one of the best albums oh. ever made. Postal okay. Service is this side project that he made with his other guy. I can't remember the guy's name, but they lived on, I think he lived in New York. Yeah. And so what they would do is he would, he recorded a bunch of songs, he sent it through the mail yeah. to Ben Gibbard, who then recorded a bunch of lyrics over it, sent it back, and they just did that by sending tapes back and forth. Yep. And because of this side project that they had, they just said, well, let's call it the Postal Service since they were the third member of our band that facilitated this. Very And good. initially, the U.S. Postal Service said, no, you can't use that. And then they explained the story, and they were like, oh, actually, that's awesome. Can we use one of your songs in a commercial? Yeah. And they're like, sure, because we love the Postal Service, right. because you enabled us to do this. And they're like, awesome. So they just used uh, the one... Such Great Heights, Such I'd Great guessing, Heights yeah. was in a Postal Service um, ad once. Huh. How about that? Yeah.
0: The, they did a cover... Um, the Postal Service did yep. of uh, Against All Odds oh, by so Phil, Collins. Phil Collins. The Phil Collins
1: It's so great. They, so great.
0: They took that song and made it theirs.
1: It's not on the record. That's no, the one a, extra song that they have that's not on their record. It's a B-side. You gotta go oh, you gotta search them for but it's worth it. It's so good. We'll put a link to that in the thing, that specific song.
0: But I found this uh, video, and it's not very old, I don't think, maybe a year too old, because uh, they do some new songs on it, but it's just Ben Gibbard at a Seattle radio station. Um. And it's he and the DJ, and then it's a live thing. So there's a, there's an audience. And the audience has put songs in a hat. Mm. And mm. so he is up there with a guitar and a piano. Nice. And just reaches in and pulls a song out of the hat. And, and then he, has to play it. And
1: then has to play it. And it's not his song? No, it's his. Oh, they're uh, all his It's his, songs. his okay. stuff
0: from cool. either Death Cab or Postal Service. Cool. But then he tells the story behind it. and It's like, on YouTube? Yeah. Okay.
1: Just we'll put a link to that, too. Oh, yeah. it's
0: so good. Just the storytelling and the... Uh, I think I brought this up on this podcast before but there's one point where he does um I
1: think I have to do a lot of work on this episode. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean just like finding stuff for for the sources. <laughs> uh, appreciate think, appreciate that everyone. I went and had to find all these.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, he plays such great heights. Yeah. And he starts playing it and then stops and reminds us that Iron and Wine uh, covered such great yes. heights. Yes.
1: Yep. Really and, well.
0: Uh, Iron really and Wine was really well. just one dude. Right. Yeah. And says that the cover was so good that he now plays his own song that he wrote based on the other guys based uh, on the cover because it's just that was the way the song yeah, was meant to be yeah so it's, it's like so slow good. he plays the slow yeah yeah the slow version it's so good i'm thinking it's a sign that the freckles in our eyes are mirror images and when so Mr. Is ben Gibbard, my hat is off to you yeah. in this 2019 oh. pop culture time I love capsule. that one.
1: Okay, so my uh, my next one is connected to last week's episode, actually, where mm-hmm. we talked about theater. Yes. Um, this one, I actually sent you, a, I don't know if you saw this, but I sent you a text about this. To, the, you should check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did not, but uh, okay. you sent me a text. So right? this is, uh, I am thankful for a thing called 21 Chump Street. Not, Say more. Not, not Jump. Not Jump Street. So uh, there was a, there's a uh, radio show called This American Life, which is on NPR. America. It's a fantastic show. Yeah. It's basically what podcasts are based on. <laughs> it's been a radio <laughs> show for- really true. Yeah, it's been a radio yeah. show for probably 17 years at this point. Uh, and it just tells stories about people. And almost every great podcast and or show on NPR is based in some way off of, off of This American Life. Yeah. Uh, like it just makes it, stories about people's lives interesting. Like just by telling them, like it values people's lives. Um, it told a story um, on an episode that I'll link to that that's in the middle. So each each episode usually has like three or four stories in it. So, uh, some of them sometimes I'll go the whole episode. Sometimes I'll go a couple episodes. The the podcast serial came out of this American, uh, Life. This American Life. If you yeah. remember Serial, which was a big thing from five years ago, and so good. Oh, it's so good. The first season is great. I don't listen to any other ones. They're no. okay, but they're just not worth it. Uh, but the first series is so great, <sighs> so great. Um, so they, they tell this story. Uh, uh, it's basically a love story of um, this, uh, these undercover cops who went into this high school uh, to do a sting operation on kids selling drugs. And it tells about how this one kid, a uh, high school senior, who was on the honor roll in this Florida um, high school, falls in love with this undercover cop because he thinks <laughs> she's another high school student right? and is willing really to do anything for her. And then she asks him to get him drugs, and oh man, so your face oh, just dropped. Oh boy! So that's the story. I'm not gonna. T- I mean, you know how it ends, but I'm not yeah. gonna tell you anymore. Then, as so, this American oh, Life is having some boy. kind of celebration. They want to do a big live show, but they record it. So they do. They have an episode of this live show, which you actually can't get. You have to pay for it, um, but you can still get that episode. So I'll put I'll put a link to that. It's like 13 yeah. minutes long. Listen to it. Then, to get this live show, one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to, let's do a musical. So Ira Glass, the host of This American Life, recruits then star of, uh, writer and star of a show called In the Heights, yeah. a man we have come to know and love named Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> pre-Hamilton, <laughs> pre to write a 15-minute musical oh my based on word. this story, 21 Chump Street. Yeah. So he writes a musical based on that episode, which is also 13 minutes long. It is fascinating. Incredible. And he tells the, and it, and it, one, it's, it shows how brilliant Lin-Manuel Miranda is. If you didn't know that already, uh, I highly recommend the Moana soundtrack and get the deluxe soundtrack where you can hear the deleted songs. The deleted songs are so good. Uh, and hearing what the other areas he was going to go. Yeah. Uh, you can get them on Spotify, uh, listen to that, but also listen to 21 chump street, which is also on Spotify. Uh, and it's again 13 minutes long. And the main character, like the guy who plays the kid, it, and this is before Hamilton, is actually the guy who plays Lawrence in Hamilton. His name is uh, Anthony so Ramos. So great. And it is beautiful and heartbreaking. Yeah. And amazing. <gasps> and so, like, the songs are brilliant, everything. And it's great to listen to. The way that I did it is I listened to the musical first and then listened to The This American Life. So i probably recommend doing that because mm-hmm. it was really, you can listen to it the other way, but it's amazing to see what Lin Manuel Miranda was able to actually take just verbatim out of the way people talked. <laughs> like the, uh, the kid uh, in The This American Life uh, show is de- like he's describing the girl that he falls in love with, this this cop that he didn't know was a cop. And he's, he's like, well, describe her. He said, oh, she was a light skinned Puerto Rican Dominican. And said, doesn't say light skinned, says light skin. And that's how Lynn Miller <laughs> uses it. And like musically, she says she was Jesus.
0: Light skin yeah. Puerto Rican, Dominican, long hair, mature in the body, like, whoa. Like, whoa. That's not the only reason I like to though. She says she moved with a mother to Florida from
1: New York, where dreams are made. Well, so did I. Uh, I love that this American so life turns I... people's lives. Into sees art in the, yeah. in the everyday, so and sees true. beauty in the tragedy of this. And then to take the uh, an artist like Lin Manuel Miranda who can take this story and make it into literal music. Yeah, and it really is. It's like a Romeo and Juliet tragedy. It's this epic thing, and it's still it may be my favorite thing he's ever done. Wow. And I know, I mean saying that as someone who who loves Hamilton on a level that I can't explain. I think because it's so impressive that he took this real thing and turned it into something. And he has this full musical that hits all the beats in 14 minutes. So good. So 21 Chump Street, I put you in the time capsule. Links in the description. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Uh, two, two throwbacks. I'm going to throw two in go for at it. once here. Go for I'm it. I'm going to go, yeah. Because as mentioned many times on the podcast, I just I have no creativity when it comes to television shows. When I find one I like, I cycle back through it again and again and again. Yeah. So having just finished a return through Thirty Rock, yeah, uh, which the ending of that so peters out in a way I find thoroughly dissatisfying.
1: Yeah, like as most shows do. Yeah. I feel like the very end was good. E- I can't remember the very end of that one though. Maybe it was. Maybe that says it wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I have started recycling through two shows. Uh, one I believe that you were cycling through with me, a little ditty from Aaron Sorkin called The West Wing. Yeah. Um, you're
1: perpetually cycling like, through that though okay? I am yeah.
0: and I'm going to make more work for you because I wanted to be specific in this time capsule in season four yeah there,
1: this was my example by the way of picking a specific episode of the West Wing to put it yeah so I appreciate that well no no you did, you did a different one this I've, is, no I just randomly picked yeah. one I haven't seen that one yet.
0: this one okay. oh it's my favorite scene ever and Bradley Whitford himself just tweeted oh Bradley Whitford so great
1: a clip of this scene that he's in Bradley Whitford the bad guy from Billy Madison right yeah okay uh, who is who is a main character? Josh Josh Lyman, Lyman. in yeah. the in the West Wing.
0: So the, the the brief setup is: Josh and Toby are out campaigning with the president, and they get left behind. Yeah. So the plane takes off without them, and the whole tr-
1: premise of the show is it focuses on the the staff of the president and right. the West Wing. Right. Right. Continue.
0: Uh, so they are in Indiana, and they are trying desperately to get to the plane, to to Air Force One before it takes off. Yeah and they... Toby and Josh. Toby and Josh and Donna. Donna's with them. I don't Um, know Donna yet. Oh, Donna's great. Donna's Josh's assistant. Okay, yeah, Yeah. she is great. Okay. Um, I know her. They're traveling, and they are delayed, and in the delay they come to discover that they have crossed from one county into another, and this new county does not observe daylight savings time. Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. So So they're an hour behind?
0: They thought they had an hour to get to the plane, and in fact, the plane has already taken off and (laughs) left them. It is a good minute and a half of two people straight up losing their minds. Yeah, It's incredible. It cracks me up. I've seen it so many times. Oh, man. I laugh every time. Oh, man. Wait, wait, no, no, you're not... We changed time zones? We changed time... We changed time zones? It's a uh, common mistake. Not for the U.S. government! we a schmuck-ass system. Guys, that's this- perfect. I, I, I don't understand it's how how what, 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 what people they just they just they, they, they reset their watches when they commute they just their it's so they good cross.
1: that is as someone who is experiencing the west wing for the first time uh, it holds up i would say it's also this is a very cathartic and refreshing time to watch a show like uh-huh. this uh, and it's really well written. So yeah. I did not experience, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm, I just started f- episode five the other day and didn't get too far into it. Cause I had to, uh, go rake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, I, I highly recommend going through the West Wing. It's on, I think Hulu. Netflix. It's on, it's on Netflix right now. Yeah. It's not going to be on Netflix forever, but it's also, I think on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, I think it goes off on of Netflix at the end of the month. Oh no. I think so. I'll have to learn something new. Yeah. I just need to buy it again.
0: Uh and much much like that. A a show that I think holds up well ish in a more funny way the the older and older it gets. But Futurama. Yes. The backup to uh Matt Groening's uh
1: and Simpsons and at a point certainly surpassed it. Yeah. Not surpassed it as a in total. But surpassed yeah. it in terms of it never got bad. No, it uh, really never did. The Simpsons definitely became lukewarm, yeah, and continues to be. <laughs> Futurama is every once so... in a while it's important to remember that the Simpsons are still going. <laughs> yeah, like they're not like, done. Yeah, no, it's, I mean they've been they've been done for a while, but they're still going.
0: Yeah, uh, Futurama just an incredible show. Specifically, there's an episode called Godfellas. Ooh. that you should see. Now, this is from the original stuff. Okay. Uh, Bender gets lost in space. <laughs> yeah. um, and Bender the robot. Bender the robot. And so it's okay that he's lost in space because yeah. he's going to live forever. Yeah. But then this little uh, meteor crashes into him, and it turns out there are little life forms. Yes, yes. I know on this the, one. This on meteor. incredible. So good. And so he is God to these tiny little yeah. people. Uh, and it and goes, then God
1: shows up in this one at the end? Well, right.
0: Bender does a horrible job being God. Yeah. Um, but then Bender runs into God. Yeah. I, that's uh, one of the things I love
1: about uh, Futurama is that it's told by people who are almost certainly atheists. Yeah. But God is an actual character, not just a, a jest character. Right. No, no, no. It's not, it's not made fun of.
0: With a voice yeah. and a... a and a, like
1: a true benevolence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: but it says some stuff theologically... Again, atheists wrote it, for sure. Yeah. But I dare say they may have stumbled onto something. Oh, yeah. I was God once. Yes, I saw. You were doing well until everyone died.
1: It was awful. I tried helping them. I tried not helping them. But in the end, I couldn't do them any good. Do you think what I did was wrong?
0: Right and wrong are just words. What matters is what you do. Yeah, I know. That's why I asked if what I did... Forget it. Bender, being God isn't easy. If you do too much, people get dependent on you. And if you do nothing, they lose hope. You have to use a light touch, like a safe cracker or a pickpocket. Or a guy who burns down a bar for the insurance money. Yes, if you make it look like an electrical thing. When you do things right, people won't be sure you've done anything at all. Oh, the idea is that God is constantly doing stuff, yeah. but no one ever gives him credit for it, and that's just the way God likes it. I it that's Um, a that's a great one it's such a good show
1: okay so uh my next one is something that for pre this this bridges where we've been it was on youtube initially um and and now it's on disney plus and still is on youtube yeah uh when we went to uh i this is still connecting with the disney i love disney in all ways uh we are, I would love to be a Disney every year family. Mm. We are not that at all financially. <laughs> and so we're uh, we're a Disney every five years. That's m- fair. Maybe. Oh boy, I would love it if we could be five years, but I'm not sure that we're going to hit the five-year cycle. Yeah. Um, but last time we went to Disney World, I think it, I mean, it was probably three years ago at this point. Uh, we went to Disney World and... Uh, they had an entire channel that was all Disney, Mickey cartoons. And I was Mm -hmm. like, hey, classic Mickey cartoons. Turned it on, not classic Mickey cartoons. Contemporary Mickey cartoons. I thought, this is garbage. We're not watching this. Yeah. I was wrong. Oh. They're fantastic. Oh, my. So for the past five to seven years, Disney has been quietly making Mickey Mouse cartoons, which are fantastic. I have long said Mickey Mouse is one of the worst Disney characters much, my argument against Superman yeah. is that is Superman is only good. He's too good, so he's not interesting. Right. And I think that that's an oversimplification. I think Superman is fantastic. But what I like about Batman is that Batman is not good, Complex. but he's trying to be good. Yeah. And where Superman is good and so has, again, has no character arc. Why, as we will talk about and have talked about <laughs> in the past, that Han Solo is compelling because he was a bad guy who became a good guy. When you start him being a good guy... He's not very compelling, right? Mickey had become this corporate logo, so he can never do bad things, and that's why the Donald Duck cartoons are more interesting because Donald Duck is a, is kind of a bad guy, yeah, who is just perpetually trying to be good or trying to not lose his stuff, yeah, uh, and uh, and so, but these Mickey cartoons have gotten back to the uh, the tone. Of the nineteen twenties and thirties, Mickey cartoon before he became the logo, and he was kind of a jerk, yeah, and kind of like a scoundrel, little scamp. Like he's based on Charlie Chaplin a little bit, so he's always like kind of he's up against cops and stuff like that. Like he's a, <laughs> like a bad thing. He's like a rebel rouser. And so, uh, wow the whole time we were in Disney World, when we'd be like at, in the in the apart the, the the hotel, we just would put on these Mickey cartoons, and they were hilarious. And again, kind of contemporary Mickey cartoons that were made. So all of them are on YouTube for free. They're also all on Disney Plus. I highly recommend them all. They're very funny. They are, um, the, and they're all like between three and seven minutes long. And they are, uh, which is like kind of a throwback to the Disney, yeah. the, the, the Mickey Mouse cartoons yep. as they should be. And they capture this zany weirdness. They're a little bit like Mickey cartoons mixed with Ren and Stimpy or, um, SpongeBob, they get uh, to some bizarre. There's some 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 of them go real real weird. They never get dirty, yeah, which is great, but they get weird in really funny ways. That's good. Uh, and so I highly recommend and and just the joy of creation and the joy of zaniness and kind of anarchy, uh, that is just fun. That you can even this corporate structure. They found a, a quiet place where this logo of the ultimate commercialism can be striking back against the system and be the rebel that it used to be. So fun. And I, I love that.
0: Wow. Oh wow. That's a guppy. Oh, I've seen deeper wonders in a fishbowl. Professor, I thought you said we were going to explore the wonders of the deep.
1: So, you really want to see wonders? Oh, you Bet I do. Well then, what are we waiting for? Prepare to die. So the Mickey Mouse cartoons that are on YouTube and uh, and Disney Plus. Uh,
0: for me, next on the time capsule, uh, this is a, an, again a kind of niche thing of pop culture. But as the impeachment trial continues, uh, as news becomes more and more sensationalized on cable television, uh, I am grateful for Newspapers on the iPad, yes. Uh, specifically, I have a subscription to both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, yeah. Uh, and I think you need to carry both of those in tension, yeah. Uh, the, the New York Times being a lot more liberal with good journalism, yeah, and the Wall Street Journal being good or uh, being a bit more conservative with good journalism, they are both really good journalism, uh, that, that are well worth your time. So, as we continue to wade through the sludge fest of impeachment and other fun political facts i am grateful that i can get on my device any anywhere i am a subscription to the new york times and the wall street journal
1: the next one on my list is something that we've talked about several times in this, but it's a podcast. Uh, and it's a podcast called the Anthropocene reviewed. Yes. Uh, and the Anthropocene reviewed, which I've mentioned before, and I will use this to extol the virtues of all things, John Green. I, I mentioned this before. We mentioned it now on three different podcasts. Yeah. Uh, one which you then recommended back to me as though I had not recommended (laughs) it to you previously. on the podcast. Okay. So (laughs)
0: this is an aside. This is how that actually went. Yeah. Cause you don't know all this. Cause in the moment I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Actually the friend that recommended it to me was my bike riding buddy David Kerr. Oh Kirk. nice, nice. So I and he listens to this podcast. Yeah. So I said to him, Tyler thought that it was he that recommended it to me and I had forgotten and was recommending it back. And in the moment I didn't correct you to say, Yeah, no, I actually got it from David. Yeah. And David starts laughing hysterically on the bike ride we were on and says, I got it from Tyler. <laughs> So, <laughs> I love it. You gave love it, it. it to David, and then on David an gave it to you. That David gave it to me, and then I gave it back to you. So uh, it went full three sixty. That's some
1: integrity on David, right there. Yeah, it really. Is. Like to say, though, I got it. I got it from him. Yeah. Well done, David. Thank yeah. you,
0: David. Good, good job.
1: Yeah. Good job. So, uh, yeah, anthracene reviewed. I can't. It's. It makes me so happy. Like every time I listen to it, it makes me so happy, and I highly recommend. Um, I mean, the episode on sunsets... Oh, it's so good. ...is so good. Live and, life belly out. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh. He, so John Green is just an amazing human being. Um, he is a young adult uh, novelist, like meaning he writes young adult novels. Like He wrote The Fault in Our Stars. He wrote Paper Towns. He wrote uh, An Abundance of Catherines. He wrote Turtles All the Way Down. Um, many of them have been turned into movies um, and probably will be turned into movies. He also has done these things called Crash Course History. I have talked about them before. They're fantastic. He has a he is a YouTuber. He got started as a YouTuber uh, with a thing called the Vlog Brothers, with where he and his it started where he and his brother Hank would just write make vlogs to each other. Uh, They would do two a week, and then they did it publicly, and then people started watching them. and They they're both incredibly smart people, and they would just teach each other things each time. And they still, I think, have that schedule of they each do two a week, and uh, they will talk about some topic that's incredibly deep and interesting and uh, they're just compelling people and Hank is a more scientific minded person uh, John is a literary person historical person so yep. they have the science and math and the history uh, literature stuff and again crash course is so good there uh, go to crash course YouTube like it, it'll just teach you stuff in fun quick ways and it's like each one's like 15 20 minutes long and they're they're different courses so there's world history there's chemistry there's US history there's uh, film studies, there's the history of video games, oh. and it's different people doing each one. A lot of them are either Hank or or John Green, but they also bring other people into creating these stuff. He also did a bunch of... Uh, he used to be the main guy that um, uh, uh, did these list shows for mental floss on oh, YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were great, too. So John Green is just a great human being, but the Anthropocene reviewed, I highly recommend that. I give it, it four and a half stars. Yeah, I, I give it five stars. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it's... it's uh, It's a once a month podcast, but he's been doing it for almost two or three years. There's a good back. Oh man, they're so they're they they're great. It's it's the best of us right there. So good,
0: man. We didn't know that this would be uh, uh, the the way we'd feed off each other, but another podcast. Yeah, Uh, the Dirtbag Diaries. Ooh, this is a show that I have no business listening to. Yeah, Uh, it is adventure stories from the outdoors focused heavily, they're definitely biased in the direction of rock climbing. Yeah. Um, So they'll have people come in and tell like stories of when they were rock climbing uh, this big mountain or whatever. They do some other stuff too. They do some running. They do some cycling. uh, But all very centered in kind of like dirtbag existence, like living out of your van and going... So not
1: dirtbag like I live in a trailer and I I abuse people. No, no,
0: no. Like like, dirtbag as in like I live in a trailer and I climb mountains
1: all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: But the stories, they find their way to some really compelling stuff. There's a lot that deals with death and what do you do with... The people that pass on, yeah. uh, that you used to go on all these great adventures with, how do you honor those people? There's a lot about kids and like what it looks like to become a parent in the midst of this oh, dirtbag existence. Yeah, so good. It too has been going on a long, long time. So there's a good back catalog to it. I love um,
1: stumbling onto a pre-existing podcast that, yeah, that then has some depth to it. Yeah. Oh man, I, there's, diaries. there's so many podcasts I could recommend. A lot of them are are so niche that I don't think other people would like them. Yeah, right. Uh, so I would, but but yeah. Okay, so one is that one that I've talked about. Uh, I think a little bit on this podcast, but especially on um, I I tweet about it a lot is the show Gravity Falls. Yes, uh, this is also on Disney Plus. Uh, it is maybe I mean, and this is a bold statement, but I think I can see behind it. It may be my favorite series of anything of wow. all time. It wow. is 100% perfect. It is two seasons uh, and they made it as two seasons like they stopped it. the the writer Alex Hirsch. It is wholly appropriate. For the kids that are my age right now, mm-hmm. uh, it is a little scary, but never inappropriate. It's one of those shows, almost like Adventure Time, that almost feels like it's going to go dirty, and it never does. And there's never like wink dirty jokes. Right. Uh, the closest thing that comes to a dirty joke is that these. So these two, these twin siblings, brother and sister, who are 12 years old, have to go live with their great uncle, who they call Grunkle <laughs> Stan, uh, <laughs> for the summer, just because their parents want them to get out and and do stuff. And he runs this like. Um, this roadside attraction place in the woods in Grouty Falls, Oregon. And it's like a mystery spot. So there's uh, the mystery shack, it's called. And, it, and he deals with like fake supernatural things. But then they find out that there is real supernatural things happening in this place, Gravity Falls. And it gets really complicated and real intense. Yeah, uh, There's some almost scary things, but nothing's really nightmare inducing. Right. There's some weird images, especially with this bad guy that you find out named Bill Cipher, who is the bad guy of the series. And he doesn't show up until about halfway through. It's, it's incredible, the show. Uh, there's so much depth to it. You, it's it's the most rewatchable thing you're ever going to encounter, Ooh. and because it's only two it's only two seasons that only exist in this one summer, right? And it ha things that happen and affect going forward. Like it doesn't reboot every time, right? But each each episode is self contained, and there are things that are going on that happened that you realize, oh, that's been there the whole time. Like Bill Cipher, when he finally comes in about halfway through, you realize there had been the image of Bill Cipher. He's this triangle guy <laughs> uh, throughout the entire series and things that were leading up to it. It's so great. It's it's just such a, a well-done show. It's it's good no matter what age you are. Uh, I think from the age of about probably six up can get it yeah. just because there are things going on. It's not inappropriate. Uh, it, and the whole, it has a a moral to it and a theme and the characters care about each other and it's all about family and loving each other, but not in a schmaltzy way. Uh, the, the, and about kind of getting older.
0: In this land of ours, there are many great pits,
1: but none more bottomless than the bottomless pit, which as you can see here is bottomless. Question. Is it bottomless? (sighs) Kids, could one of you try explaining this to Seuss? Grunkle Stan, why are we here again? To dispose of things that we don't want. So long, Mystery Shack suggestion cards! What you got there, Mabel?
0: (laughs) It's just my personal box of mysterious secrets. Nothing worth wondering about. (laughs) ah!
1: Goodbye forever! It's such a well-written show. I highly recommend Gravity Falls. It's on Disney Plus. You can watch the whole thing. Well, I'm just gonna throw it in here now yeah.
0: so that we cross it off my list. Disney Plus is one of my items. It's so just great. all of it. It's so great. Just all of it. For, it's so uh, great. For seven bucks a month, I would gladly play. Pay fifty a month for yeah. this service. It's, it's so
1: wonderful. It's really well done, and it shows you the quality stuff Disney has, and they yep. rolled it out
0: really well. And they're not even done yet. They're just barely getting. More oh done. man,
1: just the 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 scratching the surface of it. Yeah. Uh, and your other one, Sorry. My next one is uh, a thing called Slow TV. Uh-huh. And this is also on YouTube. This is, so uh, this was, came up, up with in, I think in Sweden, either Sweden or Norway, but I think it was in Sweden, uh, in a Norwegian country where they realize people are just on screens all the time and they, they're stressed out by it. And um, one the, the guy, who he worked for a public television station and he was a programming guy. And he realized that he's on a screen so much that the one thing that calmed him down was in, in Sweden or Norway. I, let's say it's a Norway. Yeah, one, let's it. in Norway. Whatever country is in, there's a lot of trains. Great mass transit system. And that the one time that he got calmed down was when he was riding on the train because his phone didn't work. Uh-huh. And so just being on the train calmed him down. And he thought, I bet if we... If, like, the people are compelled to watch a screen. Like, the, 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 it's hard to turn it off. But he said, I, I love just looking out the window on the train. What if we just showed that in real time? And so... He took one night and they showed this train ride from this one town to the next town that took like four hours. Uh-huh. And they just mounted a camera on the front of the train and just showed it like as an experiment. Thought, nah, we'll just see what it works. And it was like uh, like four million people watched it.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And uh, so then this became a thing called slow TV, which is just intentional. Nothing happens. It's just like an Im- not a static image, but they'll just mount it on a train or mount it on a boat. Uh, they did a, a live special where they just had people knitting, and they, <laughs> like some people were making yarn while the other people were knitting. Uh, that one was less compelling because it was like you have like different cameras and stuff. But the yeah. one and you uh, just type in slow TV on on YouTube, and you can watch a train ride, and it's just through these Nordic countries that it, it's just so soothing. And again, it reminds you to just it, it's it seems stupid that we can't just do this. Yeah, but it's hard to turn off screens, and it reminds you to take that. That not everything needs to be speedy. We don't need to multitask everything. And sometimes just appreciating the journey uh, is worth it, even when the journey is just sitting on a train.
0: It seems ironic that I was opening up my phone as you were saying that, but, you know, I had to get that No, that's idea. good. You're good. Uh, number nine for me yeah. uh, is, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Christmas music and the worship leader. Uh, I am constantly on the quest for people that are doing Christmas music well. Yeah. This also comes from my friend David Kerr, uh, who 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 mentioned it on the pod earlier. Future of Forestry. Oh yeah, uh, they did. They had like one kind of sort of hit, the the slow
1: your breath down. Okay. Um, Somebody give me Future of Forestry for my fortieth uh, my fortieth birthday playlist. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Shout they, out to Blake Saberson.
0: They have a new, I think it's new, uh, Christmas album called Light Has Come. Okay. Incredible. Nice. Just an incredible take on some of the classic stuff that we've heard a thousand gazillion times. Love it. Uh, but as as the guy that has to constantly find new and refreshing ways yeah. to play the same old hymns, uh, I am grateful anytime somebody does are, a, a unique take on are it. Are
1: you aware of the Sufjan Stevens Christmas albums? Oh, yeah. Albums? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah man. They're so good, too. That's my go-to. That's usually where I start in. But yeah, Sufjan's great. But Future of Forestry, uh, I have not heard much. Oh, but what so I've heard good. is really good, so that's
0: also Dark Horse. That. Jars of Clay did a Christmas album, nice that is surprisingly good. They covered Paul McCartney's uh, "Wonderful Christmas Time." Oh man! Which
1: speaking of another great Christmas album, Family Force Five Christmas yeah. album, yeah really really great. They also cover wonderful Christmas Time. <laughs> I'll have to check that it's out. It's really great and it's on brand with uh, Family yeah. of the Family Force 5 and it's a little much. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's super great. But that's on brand. Yeah. yeah. I do love the the little drummer boy version that they have. Ugh, yeah. It's it's really good. So good. My number 9, uh I, there was several apps on my phone that I love oh, and yeah. I was going to yeah. go with an app called The Room, which is fantastic. It's this mystery box like you have to just unlock these boxes and it's super creepy. I highly recommend playing it with your earphones in because it just Ooh. has this ambient creepiness to it. Nothing happens, not to spoil it. Nothing happens in this, <laughs> but you just have to unlock boxes, but it's creepy because it keeps telling you this story of like this guy who's like trying to break into this other dimension, which is like almost like going to hell or something, Yikes. but uh, you just have to open these boxes and, again nothing happens in this <laughs> like it feels like uh these things are gonna happen nope nothing happens, nothing happens but you just have to unlock boxes and it's really really great and it's great for your brain but that's not it <laughs> instead of that i picked the other the other app that i play all the time is pokemon go yeah, and I don't play it enough. It's still a thing. I don't play as much as I should because I don't walk around enough as much as I should. Yeah. Uh, but it encourages you to actually walk around and encourages you to be connected to people. It's an app that somehow manages to find a way to force you to connect to something bigger than you, which I think is awesome. When it first came out, it was uh, summer 2016, I think. Yep. And it was right before the mission conference, and we were all playing it, and everybody was really connected. And somebody figured out how to cheat, and then we figured out how to cheat, and it was because you could get like, and it's now been canceled out. Uh, but you could get this cheat code through this Japanese site. So you'd have to go and just allow, not to me who can't speak Japanese, had to just go to this website and figure out how to do it. <laughs> and it would, and just trust that it wasn't gonna ruin my phone. Yeah. Uh, but it allowed you to virtually go anywhere you wanted. You just type oh, in GPS okay. coordinates. So I have a bunch of Pokemon still that I collected in Australia <laughs> and Japan. And, and it only worked for about three months and it was a wonderful, and I thought I wish this was the game because I wish I could do that. And I almost wish that they had two versions of the game—one where you could actually just go because it was fun to like go to downtown Chicago and search yeah. for a bunch of Pokemon I can't get. Um, but I do love that in in a in a real sense, I love that you can't do that. That right. you, have you have to, to get up out. and move, and you have to. Um, you can. Do, it kind of makes me walk. I wish it, I need to get it to make me walk more. But it's a great app that actually it, when done well, it actually connects you to the world instead of pulling you away from yeah. It.
0: My last, uh, th- it comes with a little bit of backstory. Uh, some, Tyler and I are in a uh, graduate certificate course right now. Oh, yes. Uh, for church planning and revitalization. And some of our classmates... We need to our- book
1: our plane tickets. Today. We really do.
0: Yeah. Um, we can't do yeah. that today. We'll do that. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. Procrastinating <laughs> yep. 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 as much as possible. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> But that's all right,
1: plane tickets just get cheaper the closer you get. Yeah, to the totally, day. that's yeah. totally
0: how it works. <laughs> uh, but some of our classmates just found uh the podcast uh cuz oh, we're sweet. awesome at promoting ourselves. Yeah, we really
1: are. Um
0: we have a podcast by the way, everybody, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, but so for them and for us. Yeah. My number 10 is seminary books on audiobook.
1: Oh, yes. Uh when so few of them are. So few, but when you catch one, have you caught? You need to let me know which ones you've gotten that are on audiobooks. I've got a couple from Hoopla,
0: uh, Sarah's Sarah's library. Oh, no, yeah. it's not Sarah's library, yet, but she's the one who gave it to me. Yeah, my librarian
1: wife. Um, send me which ones are on. Yeah. on the, the audio. I haven't started yet for this class. Oh, okay. I just kind of oh, some just browsing. previous previous ones. Yeah, even yeah. just it, back in. Actual I always seminary. try to get the audiobooks. Uh,
0: driving around. I better. Love, I love audiobooks. Better.
1: I spend most of my. I used to. I have a a healthy competition every year with Christian Na. Over who has listened to Spotify more every year? Yeah, and I destroyed him one year uh, because with books. with like sixty thousand hours of <laughs> Spotify, but it wasn't books because you can't do books on Spotify. Oh, or right, you don't right. you don't do books. On Spotify. And it was and ever since then he has. I think really worked at it. And then I podcasts and audiobooks became a, a central part of my life. And so the next year I was like half as I was like thirty thousand. Yeah. I was shamed and I slowly am working up. This year I'm just gonna get destroyed because I've been listening to so many podcasts and, and audiobooks. Yeah. And Spotify is just kind of a background thing for me yeah. in the yeah. way they used to be. Bummer. Okay. And your number ten. My number ten is the Nintendo Switch. Oh my. Do you have one? We have one. We yeah. got one. So the boys' birthdays are two days apart. Two right. days and three years. Right. Apart. Right, right. Um, and so this year we combined all of their gifts <laughs> into the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And to which they were not expecting. And I wish we had recorded their reaction to it because it was it was the exact reaction that you you hope every too expensive gift is going to be yeah they genuinely were out of their mind but in a, like YouTubeable a, freak out yes but yeah. on a level that was not most of those passed the threshold is like whoa this kid cares too much about a toy right it was just under that line it was it was amped up as far as you can go while you still while they still are thanking the person and not like embracing the and thing. kissing the toy yeah um It was, they lost their minds in the best possible way where they they were so appreciative for it. They did not expect it. It was not entitled. It was like, it's the joy that I think will be on all of our faces in heaven. Oh, yeah. Like that, it just, I can't believe that I have been given this thing that I don't deserve. Yeah. Uh, What I love about it, is it's so it is everything that you want. It's everything that the Wii felt like at first. Right. Where it really connects you, it's better when you play it together. The games are so good. There's a game called Overcooked, which is a stupid premise. You just are cooking things, but you have to work <laughs> together. You're chopping up stuff. And but it's very cartoony. Like it's not, you're not actually cooking anything. Right, right. You right. just have to go through a series of steps to accomplish a thing in a certain amount of time. And if you don't work together, then you fail and you have to work together. And even when you play it by yourself, you have to do two different things. So like you can't do a solo version. Even when you're playing solo, you're controlling two different characters. And it's the kind of thing that like little kids can play it. And we first played it at my friend's house and we had the kids playing it, but then we were getting frustrated with it. And then like, as they lost interest, the adults slowly took in. And we all then had to like play, like we got really good at like working together. It's like, okay, I'm chopping. You're putting stuff. You're on dishes. You're doing this. And, it's, and you're playing like cartoon characters and stuff. So there's that. There's also this game called Astro Bears, which is like these are super simple games. And this one's basically Tron. Like you're these bears running around this little planet and you leave this trail behind you and you're trying to knock the other people out. So they, each game lasts like 30 seconds. Yeah. But then you're building up. It's so great. And I haven't even gotten Zelda Breath of the Wild yet. Once I get that, I'm just checking out of humanity and I'm living in a video game, so our it's, youth group its only kids, a matter of time before that happens. Uh,
0: our youth group kids bring a switch every week, and we hook it
1: up to the TV. It's so incredible; everybody can play. It's incredible.
0: I cannot overstate—I'm terrible at it. Yeah, how great a game Super Smash Brothers
1: is! Oh, it's so from—that's what from we, we a have. Concept. Super Smash Bros.
0: Yeah, it's just
1: so funny. Who's your go-to? I'm a Link a guy. I'm a Link guy. I do love Link, and I used to be a go-to Link, but then I uh, I'm a go-to Captain Falcon guy. Yeah, Falcon does Captain disappoint. Captain Falcon has the best taunts. I don't think that you can taunt <laughs> on the uh, Switch, but his taunt is just "Show me your moves, show me your moves." It's <laughs> more like "Show me your moves." Yeah, and he and he has this like really odd like point when he does it, and so when I would play, especially on the 64 version or the Wii version. I would just go up in the corner where, while everybody else fought, I would just taunt and show me moves. moves. Show me moves. There's a great meme online that showed the
0: new Sonic the Hedgehog movie as a still frame. Yep. And it said, "Sonic, I would like to tell you something." And then the next frame is Samuel Jackson. I'd like to tell you about the Smash Brothers initiative.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! Oh, that would be so great. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: that's where we need to be.
1: (sighs) Well, this is all these things we are thankful for. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are thankful. And I think with all of them, they have been things that connect us to our life and connect us to the world and connect us to each other better.
0: I'm going to be corny for a second. Yeah. If I can be. I don't often do this, but I poked on our Podbean account, which is like the thing that that helps us manage the podcast and stuff. And I saw how many listeners we have. Got a lot. I am grateful for anybody that would willingly give an hour of their week to listen to us talk about stuff.
1: Sometimes more.
0: Yeah. Uh, that, that is a feat I thought only my wife Was capable of yeah. For a while Yeah uh, But so thank you Dear listeners For, for tuning in Thank with you us deeply and... Well I'm now currently Holding my microphone <laughs> So uh, real quick Twitter question Yep uh, what are you thankful for, uh, culture or otherwise? Uh, give us a, uh, give us up to a top 10, but I would even say if you want to do like three or four. What uh, are some things that we should know about that yeah. will help
1: us appreciate the world and each other better? So true. Uh,
0: and until then, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, give thanks with a grateful heart. Till yeah. next time.
1: And you can start listening to Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 So I'm Tyler. I'm Jay. And this has been... Holding a microphone. Ruffing the pastor. Ruffing the pastor. I do realize we need best Thanksgiving food. So, what do what do you what do you like at the Thanksgiving table? So we got to throw this in. I forgot that it's Thanksgiving. We this yeah. is appropriate. It's like hidden track.
0: I uh, I'm a notoriously picky eater. Um, so I like almost nothing. Oh, from the Thanksgiving table. Well, well. But I will eat turkey until it's borderline dry meat. White medically. Meat. Um, I mean dark meat, white meat. All of it. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Put turkey in front of me. I'm gonna eat it. I love um, it so like our family does very much buffet style yep i think because of me yep uh so i let everybody go first and then whatever turkey's left i'm taking
1: it oh yeah it's gone yeah it's gone at the end and you've always done it at somebody else's house so you don't have many of the leftovers no, as much yeah no. i mean we my mom sends us home with plenty but yeah not as if we had cooked the meal so this is the first year that my mom's not doing it and so we're not really going to get any leftovers my mom my mom makes a great turkey and yeah. I say that it's not someone's like my mom's cooking's the best like I always had not really thought about that until I eat other people's turkey and she does amazing turkey Yeah, yeah. and the leftovers it's a skill I am the opposite of a piggy eater I will eat any and everything yeah except for maybe like uh, sweet potatoes I'm not big on the sweet potatoes because yeah. I like the regular potatoes and if I'm going to get my carbs somewhere I'm going to fill it up on regular potatoes right Um. so I like it all I like the cranberry sauce that comes in the can Ugh. because and I love it with that because it's like jello I think it's so it's the good Part. One, the one thing I do love about I, I'm, I'm all in on the white meat And uh, I love the leftovers Yeah and, leftovers, uh, There right? are
0: certain like Turkey sandwiches the day yeah. after Come on
1: What I love about the leftovers Is the leftover Thanksgiving bowl Where I just take a little bit of everything Throw yeah. it all in one bowl Warm it up And eat it all together uh, that really grosses my wife out because she is very much uh, she is the opposite in that she really she would Sectional. do well to eat off of a lunch tray yeah. where everything kind of has its place and she and does it in a really and likes to appreciate the different flavors and I think that's a great way to do it too so it's not like she's wrong I'm right my way is really gross but <laughs> but it's your way but you it, like it. It. Uh, it's also I mean I like the individual flavors but I also like when they mix together kind of the ratatouille style and uh, so yeah So, also, tell us your favorite Thanksgiving food and uh, what you value the most out of that. Yeah. So, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.